What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. Brad Evans, how has your day been? Because my day was so wild and so crazy. And yeah. I haven't even told you because some of this affects us. Oh, uh, but <clears throat> so much so that I went Terramana tequila for our drink today because I was like, what go. is going to make me feel better? <laughs> today's wacky day is Terramana tequila i'll let people know yeah why, why i just mentioned that but i i wanted to, to throw a nice tease out there for the listeners sweet yeah it's been about the same i think i think we've had the same day but mine's been all work related I, I don't know what it is and i think i thought everybody in my office was on vacation this week it felt like but uh but then i think every ticket we got for the help desk was just wackiness man i don't know what people are doing today but i don't know all right so in, enough of my complaining here i'll, I'll explain to the to the listeners um the, so we those who are those who are watching this this does not affect you in any way those who are listening to this this affects you but probably in a positive way though not necessarily in a positive way for brad and i in that we were partnered with a company called Blue Wire, who supplied the ads for our podcast feed. Now, we did not have enough downloads to actually monetize that, but the relationship was there just in case we were able to uh, drive more listenership to, to reach the number of uh, downloads to monetize the show. I had, a, I had a relationship with them previously. I know the, the person who runs it, his name is Kevin Jones. I was talking to him about certain things process-wise very early in the stages of Blue Wire. So we had two networks, this one and the Fight Game Media Network. Those partnerships have been dissolved. Uh, so if you are listening to this on audio, you didn't hear any ads in the show. So positive for for the listeners, not really it doesn't really change a whole lot for us. It does change a lot for the other podcast feed that I run. So that 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 was why I was kind of yeah, uh, anxiety, a little anxiety is because of other things with with that network. With this one, everything's going to be the same. You just won't have ads to listen to. I'm fine with that because we weren't getting paid for them anyways. It was kind of like a starter relationship. Uh but uh, but yeah, so we uh if you you won't hear ads so you'll be happy it'll be fine i'm fine with that we it, we we may have ads down in the future depending on other relationships that we create with other companies but that was why my day was kind of wonky cuz i was running around kind of figuring out what i'm going to do with the other 
podcast network and, and <laughs> well, talking they, to hosts and shows and different things. The old, the old cliche, one door closes, another one will open. That yeah. That's just, you know, another opportunity will be out there. So yeah, there's no, just, there's nothing wrong with change at all. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you're forced to do things that you fundamentally probably should have done already, but hadn't. So, but it's just kind of the chaos of the organization oh, yeah. being thrown out of whack that that kind of got caught me off guard today. But that's not why we're here because we have a bunch of positive things to talk about here on this show. One being that tomorrow, so those listening on the audio feed later today for you, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, we are going to be on the Bleacher Report app. Hopefully they will send us a link that we can share with the listeners before we go on air. And we are going to be on Bleacher Report talking the trade deadline for the Giants. We were on last week as kind of a test show, and that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with that. There was some some fun fun comments going. We were able to post some polls. That uh, That video is actually on our YouTube feed if you want to watch that. We were able to... Download that and post it per uh, Bleacher Report. So that was nice of them to allow us to do that. And tomorrow or t- later today, if you want to check us out live, uh, definitely do so. And we're going to be talking trade deadline. So hopefully the Giants do more. <laughs> or, uh, or or maybe maybe we don't want them to do more. It's, it's uncertain I, right now. I'm torn, man. Honestly, I'm torn because I know we have some guys getting healthy and coming back shortly. But... It's also painful to sit and watch everybody around you fighting for those wild card spots and the division fighting for the division, two games behind the Dodgers. Um, it, it's hard to watch everybody else make these moves. And then you kind of make a move that, you know, is not a lasting move that mm-hmm. it's not a, uh, this is going to help us in October type of move. So, uh, yeah, I, I still, I mean, we still have, over a half a day left, man. Yeah. So when does that? When does that? Hours on Tuesday. Three p.m. on okay. Tuesday afternoon. Three p.m. our time, Pacific. Okay. So by the time you and I record for Bleacher Report, the deadline will be over, and we'll know everything that has happened. Yeah. But what if we only have this AJ Pollock thing to talk about? Then that's going to be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to talk about at that point. <laughs> the reinforcements coming back from injuries and what our potential lineup with some reinforcements coming from triple a could look like. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we always find stuff to talk about. I don't think it's going to be a problem because I, I have been kind of looking at the lineups. I don't have anything solid yet, but I've been kind of playing with some lineups going forward. If we don't make any moves from here on out. I mean, we're talking about a Giants team that's 10 games over 500 right now. Yeah. Uh, but they do have a tough lead, schedule. Leading, so. leading the wild card, too. No, first yeah, leading the wild card. But we do play the Braves quite a few times. Can up, still have to play the Dodgers. Yes. Uh, play the Diamondbacks for four, right? Starting tonight. Starting Monday tonight. Night, so, and yeah, yeah we're, we are recording about an hour before that game starts. So uh, the, the only thing that we, I've seen so far is the lineups. It looks like Junis is going to start. Probably Alex Wood. Following yeah. Junis and then uh, no Lu- no Luciano in the lineup, but uh, Diaz is playing second base. They recently activate or they recently called Diaz up from AAA. Good old Isan, Isan Diaz. 
So let's just uh, get this out of the way. And then we're, we're going to talk about Luciano because <laughs> if you listen to last week's show, we're like, hey, we want to see him get 500 ABs in AAA. That only lasted about three hours, I think, from the time we recorded that. So it was right after the game. So, yeah. then the, so then we played that night against the A's, and right after the game, they go, hey, we're bringing up Luciano tomorrow. We go, what the heck? We just did this whole thing where we talked about him getting 500 at-bats. Maybe even we won't see him till next mid-next season. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, man, that was crazy. <laughs> All right, so some of the moves uh, that have been made. We'll start with the trade, and this is, you know, we're wa- you and I are watching, like, ESPN and the athletic, I, I, their yeah. trade deadline columns. They're refresh, updating. Refresh, yeah, refresh. they're updating in real time. <laughs> and so we see the Giants and we're like, oh, Giants did something. Oh, the Giants are, you know, they're they're their best buds, the Seattle Mariners. And the trade is uh, uh, AJ Pollock and Mark Mathias for uh, oh and cash. They also got cash. Yeah. So when you actually get cash in the deal, it's usually because you're taking on somebody else's problem. Yes. Uh, and the only thing that the Giants uh, have to give up is the uh, player to be named later, which who who knows who that will be. At, yeah, at I don't think he, I don't think that. that guy's hitting that well this year. No, that that guy. <laughs> you know, that guy could be a quadruple A player. Yeah. That, that guy could be you know someone who's just keeps getting stuck between Eugene and San Jose. Who knows who that player yeah. is, but more than likely not someone uh, of tremendous value. But uh, you did a little bit of a deep dive on AJ's numbers this year, and they're not pretty. Uh, they're not. <laughs> and, but you also looked at Mark Mathias. I don't know. I, I sort of saw Mark Mathias as like, oh, maybe they just couldn't get Matt Duffy. And they're just like, who's like Matt Duffy that we can trade for? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing is I think, you know, there's going to be more for the Giants. And they may not be splashy. They may not be big names. But I think they're going to be players that are going to fill some spots. I think the Giants have a solid team. The way Kapler works the lineup, the way he works, the pinch hitters, the platoons, everything else, you know, bit players are kind of what, what fill the void. Uh, you know, you look at what Bochi is dealing with. Bochi's dealing with a couple of $300 million players and, and, <laughs> and the Texas Rangers and, uh, you know, this great all-star lineup. And they're only two games better than the Giants, right? Yeah. Now. The Giants are, you know, scrapping together. Kapler's... Um, I'll pinch hit Austin Slater. Oh, bomb. All right. Awesome. Uh, you know, but moves happen and, and moves go good moves go bad. Um, but, but, but either way, when you blame Kapler, when something goes bad, you also have to give him credit when something goes good. And he made quite a bit of good moves this week, especially with the pitching staff, Tristan Beck coming in, Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, um, our, our, uh, co-starters have been doing a fantastic job the last three games. Um, So, and that helps, you know, that helps down the line. Do we get a couple more co-starters? It's possible. Do we get a Kyle Harrison to come up? It's possible. So I don't expect like, you know, the giants are going to be in on, on, on Justin Verlander. They're not going to be making that move. Uh, They don't want to take on that con. That's a ridiculous, 
ridiculous contract. I was reading about that one today. Just yeah, kind of especially crazy. if he just pitches 140 innings next year. Yeah. Then then he's got like a, another crazy year on a, on. A then deal. he'll be 43 years old, due for 35 million, I believe it is. He's 42 million next year, 35 if he hits 140 innings pitch. So that's not. The Giants are going to be in on that. You know, Verlander will be 43. Uh, I, I am in my near upper 40s, and I was at uh, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk last weekend, and my youngest wanted to do the the radar gun. Oh. And I can remember when I was a little kid, uh, my dad did the radar gun, and he hadn't pitched in quite a long time, and he's he had some shoulder issues, but he still hit like – 78 on the radar gun wow. or something. and they were like oh my gosh that's the highest we've seen in weeks or something like that <laughs> and so jj and i decided to throw on the radar gun and i haven't thrown a baseball in a few years like it's oh, no. it's been a while and so i had to yeah, this is how you know you're old is when you get the three pitches and you're like nope give me six because i kind of need to warm up <laughs> still getting there <laughs> I need to warm up my arm uh, because uh, I'm going to hurt myself. And so, like, I throw, like, five out of the six, like, semi-hard. But by then, by the sixth pitch, I'd already spent all, all the all the gas on. on. And so by, I, was, I was like, okay, now it's time to rear back. And it wasn't even as hard as the, the pitch before. So it was rough oh, times. No. And I just thought, you know gosh, how can these guys do that <laughs> over 40? And oh. I can barely pick up my right arm and, and heave the baseball, you know, once every three years. Well, and you, you can't tell us that story and not as not give us numbers. Okay. So come on. That radar gun was light. It was <laughs> way light. And I, and I saw it because I saw yeah. some other people throw before. Yeah. And so my guess is that it was about 10 miles per hour off. Wow, and I think JJ and I were both in the low fifties. So even okay. even with it being ten miles an hour off, it you know because by the time I stopped playing baseball, and this is now a long time ago because I was yeah. uh, twenty nine or, or or thirty when I had last played. That's about where I was too. Yeah, I I was throwing in the mid to high seventies. Uh, I had you know the year the couple years before that I was touching low eighties, but that was like only having to come in for relief and throwing one in. Yeah. And so like you said, Oh, you know, I'm in my upper twenties and I'm actually throwing harder than I was when I was younger. But then that, you know, that 20 year, that 18, 19 years since then, it's not supposed to go down that far. You're supposed <laughs> to be able to hold some of that. Aren't you? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, man. I haven't done a radar gun in years, but it, it, don't they fudge it too? So you'll throw two pitches and you'll be like, 52, 53, and you go, okay, I guess uh, I'm going to throw 54. And then they dial it up, and you go, oh, you threw 67. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was not fun. That, that And not only was it not fun, but the pain that came with it in the next two days, it was like <laughs> if I hit 70, I could deal with that pain, right? Sure. But not not even coming close. I was like, that was dumb. I'm never doing that again. What a, yeah, what a, what that, a regret that was. That's a rough one. Because you, you don't want to do that and try to show the kid, look, I can throw. And then the next next thing you know, a month later, you're getting rotator cuff surgery. Well, he actually he threw one mile per hour harder than me. So that was all he was oh, trying to do. That's it. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I, I feel it felt like I was throwing harder, but the radar gun did not agree with that. (laughs) But back to Verlander. Oh man. You know, the thing about Verlander, if you sign Verlander, you're essentially signing him for the playoff run, right? Like, like a team, you know, I, I'm trying to think of it like the Colorado Rockies. They're not going to throw 50 million at Justin Verlander because they're not going to get to the playoffs. And that's why you you sign him, him and Scherzer and Scherzer's now, like you said, with with the Rangers. I almost feel. Because you said that that contract is crazy, but yeah, if the Giants are going to make the playoffs and you run out Verlander in game two against the Dodgers, I kind of feel like the Dodgers are like, uh-oh. He's not even your ace. He's your number two. Now, it would cost – it doesn't only cost a lot of money to get him, but you're going to have to give up a prospect that that you don't want to necessarily trade unless Correct. it's somebody who's – you know, unless you know you're getting a guy who is is going to be lights out for you. So there's a lot of risk in this deal because of next year and possibly the year after. Now, you could – theoretically sit him down at the end of the year be like yeah dude like we, or, we have we have this young with this young starter we want to bring you in. know or or you could talk to cohen if you're going to make that deal with the mets and say look man um you eat the majority of the third year vesting option yeah i, I mean and you can make that happen too but then you probably have to give more in terms of prospects if you do that now these pitchers who sign these deals with the Mets, you know, that there there was leverage in their case. So I'm sure Verlander has a lot of say into where he's going to go. I heard Dodgers, but now I'm hearing Astros. And because he's got a relationship with that club, that maybe he's leaning Astros. So I don't even think the Giants are really in the running. But while I understand the risk, I'm also kind of like, man, I'd love Justin Verlander to start game two of that wild card. Yeah, I would. I mean, it would be fantastic. And uh, what I what I heard today too was that, you know, since he he does have the full no trade, so he can go anywhere he wants. Yeah. Um, he's actually leaning towards staying with the Mets. Um, you know, mainly because he has a four year old. He kind of got settled in New York. Um, do you want to pick up and move again, and then yeah. possibly again after that? And yeah. Say, well, say, you say know, he goes to the Giants, and the Giants trade him next year. Now you're moving again. So. Famous, you know, famous wife, Kate Upton, yeah. probably they're, does well in New York. I'm they're, sure. they're they're a bit of a power couple, so I'm sure, you know, what what she she's got a lot of say in this situation as as well, and you know, he's had a good career, so he's got a, a you know World Series, he's got. Cy Youngs. He's got multiple opportunities to 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 show up, you know, in big time baseball games. So may, maybe maybe that's not as important as it is to 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 him. Maybe before, you know the the last time that that this happened, and he's able to get a World Series out of it or whatever. So yeah. uh, that that you know that's uh, I, I like the idea that he's out there because it just makes the trade deadline more interesting. Now, will oh, he get yeah, traded? Sure. Who knows? Maybe he gets traded at, at the 11th hour of the deadline. But, you know, power to the player. He's got he's got the leverage, and he can sort of dictate where he's going to go. Um, but, man, you know, if you're, the, if you're a Mets fan, you're like, 
<laughs> what <laughs> how, how do we even explain to our children what is going on here we're we're all di- yeah. we're all signed in we're about to pay Correa 350 million like we're just so dialed in you know Lindor last year or the year before and now these two pitchers and now we're just like hey we're just gonna do it again next year whoever's the whoever's the top free agents we're just gonna chase them next year we're gonna do this all over again well you know for sure they're gonna be in on Shohei but Shohei is I mean, you know, everybody is pretty much saying he wants to be a West Coast guy, so that's going to be difficult. It's going to be what Dodgers. What does this look like to someone like Shohei, though? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it looks like, uh, you know, they're shedding some money now to hopefully get me over there. So he'll entertain. <laughs> I mean, he's going to yeah, entertain true. all offers. Yeah, true. Um, because it, that's the other thing, too, is you're going to have a lot. I think Aaron Nola is a free agent next year. Marcus Stroman is a free agent who already pitched in New York. Um so there's going to be a lot of free agent pitching next year, but Shohei obviously is the big one. But but I think you can almost completely rule out the 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 East Coast. I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a tough one. If the Mets or, or if the Yankees were to come in, does Shohei look at that and say, "Hey, I could be a Yankee legend if I go out there." And just absolutely tear it up and keep doing what I'm doing. Um, but, I, but I think he's a West Coast guy. I think he's going to stay on the West Coast. Um, the Mets have already pretty much said, look, we're not, this is not a fire sale. We are retooling for next year. We want to win in 2024. So what we're doing right now is kind of getting a little bit younger. Uh, so there are, there are going to be openings for them to, to sign pitchers. I think they have Kodai Senga mm-hmm. is uh, five years, uh, first of a five-year deal. But other than that, they don't really have anybody kind of locked up, um, you know, ag- again, other than Verlander. But if they do move, move Verlander, they don't have to deal with that anymore. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Mets... And the Mets are a tough one. That's a weird one, man. They're they're gonna be they're kind of like the Padres, where the Padres fully stacked, um, fully yacked up and ready to go to possibly the World Series and just kind of under five hundred right now. But then looking at the numbers today, some things I had read, I, I was shocked that the Padres are third in the league in run differential, and, and, which is amazing to me that to to think that they are you know, their record is so bad compared to being third in the league and run differential. Um, but they're a dangerous team. I mean, they just swept the Rangers. And, and so you win three games in a row and they're selling out. So people are still coming out to the stadium and watching them play. Um, could they also add some pieces today and tomorrow? It's possible. Um, could they move some pieces? They can move Juan Soto. They, they can move Blake Snell. Um, they can move Josh Hader. Uh, these are guys that that are going to be free agents next year, so I think they kind of have to decide. Do we have the replacement parts for those guys right now? Can we continue doing what we're doing and possibly take a wild card spot? Um, so that that that's, you know, as a Giants fan, we look at all of this going on around us, and we're thinking, you know, we're not making a lot of moves right now. We may not make any moves, but that being said, everybody else around us may or may not also. So I think that will kind of kick in definitely the next few hours going into the night here tonight. I think we're going to get a better idea of how things are going to start to go down. So back to Pollock. Mm-hmm. He's there to basically hit against lefties. Like that. that's why he's on the team. Yeah. Uh, he's, how- he's, he's basically Mitch Hanniger 
until Mitch Haniger comes back. And then we're probably going to see a DFA of AJ Pollock. Okay, but what about defensively? Because this is not a team who has a true center fielder, right? Uh, unless Bryce Johnson is on is, is is in you know on the team, but he's kind of been he's been up and down all year long. This is somebody who is a center fielder. I just you know his you look at like defensive WAR and he's been pretty average for the last few years. I just wonder if this was also like, hey, at least we are comfortable putting him in the center field and we can actually play Yastrzemski in right and we can play Matos in left. So maybe this is not their uh, top, you know, this he wasn't on the, the top of their list, but right. you know, for, for what they could get, they wanted a body out there in center. And, and like you said, this is not something that is set in stone either because they have so many different things that they can do with the roster because of how many rookies that they have and Hanniger's back then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Pollock is, uh, is out of there. Um, but also when Yastrzemski gets hurt again with the same uh, hammy injury for the, I think the third time this year, yeah. you kind of have to, you know, prevent against that happening. Right. So uh, I, I understand the move and I understand also what giants fans are like, <laughs> really? Uh, let let me give Giants fans one caveat here. One small hope, which is he did hit 14 home runs last year and 21 home runs the year before. He doesn't he hasn't had almost any opportunities this year to really play. You know, he's he's had 138 ABs. He's only played 49 games. So you know, change of scenery. He's only going to hit left-handed pitching. There's opportunity for him to actually do something and and for Giants fans to get excited. It's just he's not – you're just not going to plug him in to play every single day. That's just not why they signed him. No, definitely why not. why they traded but, for him, sorry. <clears throat> definitely not. But, but we have seen Jock Peterson in left field. Yes, and and we did not plan to see that this year, but we have seen it. Uh, yeah, I know Jock Peterson's left-hander, AJ Pollock's right-hander, but but still, if you can get a better defensive fielder in left field and lose a little bit with the bat and make Jock your DH, good. Let's do that. And and so I think that's what Farhan saw. One thing I have fully learned as a baseball fan as a Giants fan during the Farhan regime is you take things one day at a time. I think when you and I were younger, one thing we used to do is we used to plan, like you, you make a trade at the trade deadline. You go, this is our guy for the next three months. He's going to take us into the world series and, and we're going to be awesome. And this is how it's going to work. Um, with this regime, it's, this is AJ Pollock. We just traded for AJ Pollock. He's here today. Is he here tomorrow? I don't know. T today is today. Yeah. Uh, this is what we need right now. In uh, let's say a month when Hanniger comes back, what, what if Matos is hurt? 
What if somebody else is hurt? Then, then you have that insurance policy in your back pocket. Um, it's not the, it's not a million dollar insurance policy. It's, you know, it's like 500 bucks, but, but still it's, you know, it's going to help you out in the long run because it is a body. Like you said, it's somebody who can play the outfield. It's somebody who can, can, can make you better defensively take away runs defensively versus having jock out in left field. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pieces, it's bits, it's parts. And and that's what Kapler, I think, works really well with. Um, is it a great move? No. Is it a great move for the Giants? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great move for the Giants. This is what they need right now. They need another person in the outfield. So that's what they went out and got. And it didn't cost them anything. So, And that's that's the big part of it, too. This year, he's not, you know, he has such a small sample size, very, very few at-bats this year to really make any conclusions. Uh, he's actually not hitting left-handed pitching at all this year. But historically, <clears throat> left-handed pitching, uh, his batting average is six points higher, and his slugging is 70 points higher. His OPS is uh, about 70 points higher. So historically versus left-handed pitching, he, he's just a much better yeah, as he should be, because he's a right-handed hitter, and that, that that's yeah, kind of how it right. works. Um, is is he going to be a difference maker in the Giants making a run at this? Well, probably not, but again, it's just sort of like, you know, you're 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 trying to win on the margins in some instances, and maybe this works. And if it doesn't, then no harm, no foul, and you just cut them and and you yeah. find out, you know, and it's a uh, the I, I think the thing also that that fans may be a little disinterested in is like, okay, is that, does that mean he's going to take some at bats away from Matos? It's like, maybe, but it's not like Matos is, you know, he's not Joe DiMaggio right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and if he does take at bats away from him, that's fine. Um, Because again, Kapler can work those situations where he knows who can hit, who can do what uh, in certain situations and it's just another piece of the puzzle for him to kind of play with. Again, I, we're looking at a Giants team that if you looked at this Giants team on paper and you said this this, this team is is 10 games over 500, most people would say, false, you're lying to me. <laughs> I, I'm, look, I'm looking at this lineup, and these are the guys you've run out there. I'm looking at this starting pitching staff, and I'm looking at these numbers, and this is and this team is 10 games over 500? Absolutely false. Absolutely false. <laughs> you know what's uh, it, it's it's funny because you know you look at the uh, you look at stuff like uh, uh, slugging percentage and you're like, God, you know who who are the who's who on the Giants is is really killing it, <laughs> and it's like nobody is really killing nobody. it. Everybody is sort of playing up to what you would expect them to play up to. And you're kind of getting everyone's like nobody is really having a terrible season, but nobody's really having a great season either. It's like you're getting what you want out of these. I guess you could say Wilmer, you know, Wilmer is is hitting 300 with 13 bombs and he's he's actually slugging the best. He's at a 532 slugging, but he also has, you know, less at bats than someone like J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis is about 100 more at bats than Wilmer. Uh, So it's just it's just funny because you because you got, yeah. 10 games above 500. Somebody's got to be playing good, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> They're all just sort of playing how you would have expected them to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, JD Davis, at, look- we were talking about all-star game, you know, for him a few weeks ago and he's down to 258 batting average. So, you know, just everyone's just sort of 
playing to the to their ability. No one's playing above their head. Nobody's tanking it either. Yeah, right. And 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 as an example, Giants take two out of three from the Red Sox. They win Saturday. They win Sunday. Just quickly, and we watch the games and we listen to the games and and we know all about the games. But but quickly, if you think in your head, what was one of the standout moments from each win? You'd really have to think because it's just the little things. They all just kind of add up. They're little. Nobody went out there and hit three home runs in, in the game. Nobody, nobody went out there and drove in seven runs. Um, nobody went out there and threw nine innings and struck out 15 batters. That's not how the Giants are winning games. They're not winning with standout performances. They're winning by just doing the little things, turning the double plays, Good defense to great defense, um, timely hitting, even though they're not scoring many runs, um, decent enough opener uh, performances to go to even into the third inning. Um, the other day, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Ryan Walker that went into the third inning? Yeah. Yeah, who went into the third inning, uh, handed the ball over to Sean Manea, and then Manea goes four and two-thirds and bridges the gap. Um, Duvall gives up two runs to, uh, to tie the game, but then J.D. Davis with the whole so, – so there's a moment. J.D. Davis with a solo home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. I mean, you, you know, but you have to really look for those moments. Hell, he held this that is, bat there like he was Ricky Henderson he too. Did. I like, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I, and he had an excuse to hold it too because he thought it was going to go foul. But yeah, then yeah. when he when he saw it hit the hit the foul pole, he just did a little the little bat. Not even a bat flip. It was more like a bat push. But uh, but yeah, it's just stuff like that. They're not they're not running over opponents. They're not Ronald Acuna Jr. killing it with twenty plus home runs and fifty plus steals in Atlanta. Um, so that's that's why when you see them get an AJ Pollock, you go. Okay, he kind of fits the mold. He's going to have some moments. He's going to have his Cody Ross moments where something's going to happen, and, and you know he's going to win a ball game or Pat Burrell. He's he's going to do something at some point where you go, oh, that was a nice play in left field. That saved two runs. That could have been a double in the corner, and that saved two runs. Could Jock have gotten to that? Probably not. Good move. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Uh, and. We're not being homers by not hating this move. No, we no. just understand the the farhand way. I think, yeah. or, or we're more accepting of the farhand way than we 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 maybe were so a couple of years ago. Yeah, and even that, if you, I almost called it Twitter. If you go to X right now, it's Twitter. <laughs> it's just it's, it's Twitter. Twitter. It's Twitter. If you if you type in Twitter dot com, it takes you to Twitter. So uh, or X or whatever you, the heck you want to call it. If you go there right now and you look up the Giants' official announcement of this deal, and if you read the comments, you would think we were out of this race. We are giving up. It's over. We're terrible. Worst move in the history of baseball. And that's why we just kind of look at it from a different perspective and just say, hey, they're they're winning ball games right now. The the red hot Red Sox just came in and we took two out of three. And now we're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are right on our heels for four games. We're playing good baseball at the right time. Um, you know, so you just kind of have to look at it from that perspective that AJ Paul can help you. Yes. And also 
what you have to take into account is they gave up nothing so far. So exactly, they have money to play with. If somebody wants to dump their, you know, their their uh, player on the Giants, the Giants can afford it. And that's sometimes how they add players. And, you know, who knows? Uh, Matt Duffy part two, maybe he's going to help them in some way. Uh, There was a great piece by Baggerly uh, yesterday about Tristan Beck and how Tristan Beck, he came over in the Mark Melanson trade from four years ago at the deadline. And so you're like, oh, this four, just this trade from four years ago pays off in 2023. And you sometimes you have to look at things that way. And uh, so they gave up nothing. They got up two players. They add them in. Matthias is going to a triple A. You know, that doesn't mean that he can't come up at some point. Uh, you know, he's, he, I know he plays uh, basically every infield position that is not shortstop. And he can also play both corner outfielders. So he's the perfect Zadie player. So uh, yeah, the, there's no risk. You, the, these players, when you work, when you, when you think about them in this way, they're just movable pieces, and and they're they're not if they they don't cost you, and you can get rid of them or you can move them, and and they don't cost the team anything. So that's how I see this move. Now, if this is the only thing that they do, then you know my eyebrows might be raised. So so you may you may see a different version of me on the uh, the Bleacher Report show tomorrow if this is all that the Giants do. So. <laughs> Yeah, and we won't, like you said, too, we're not going to spin it positive just to spin it positive. Uh, we're, we like to look at our team and say, hey, man, what, what can we do with this? What, what can we do going forward? There's moves where I'll look at and I'll say, hmm, that was trash. And, and I did really kind of think that at first when I saw the name A.J. Pollock, I thought, oh, well, I mean, they're taking on an injured player with a huge contract, but maybe this Matthias kid is the real deal. And that's kind of what they were going for. Cause we've seen that before. And Will Wilson, when the giants went and got him from the angels, uh, they took on a big contract. I think it was Zach covert. Um, look at my memory. Yeah. There you go. Memory Good one. Just rattling names off. Look at me. Um, anyways, they took on Zach covert's contract, dumped him right away. And then, uh, you know, they ended up with Will Wilson. Uh, and then, then I looked a little bit more into Matthias and no offense, Matthias, but he's 28 years old. Yes. Uh, 40 man roster guy. Uh, he's in triple a now and, and the giants, um, put him in Sacramento already. They announced that. Um, so it wasn't necessarily for that. And so I thought, oh, they're just going to dump Pollock. Um, but no, it looks like they are going to end up using him. He's, he's on a seven, uh, $7 million deal this year. Um, so it's probably about four and a half left. Uh, and, and again, it depends on the cash that they also got. What, you know, they get 1 million, 2 million, whatever they got for it. Um, he does have some bonuses. If he wins the MVP, this year, <laughs> he gets, it's not going to happen. He gets a $150,000 bonus. So he didn't even bet on himself. I no, I don't like no, that, man. No, he and wins he, the yeah, world. He's, a, he's yeah. a restricted free agent after this year, so there's no, right. there is no risk really. There is no risk, and, it, and if he wins the World Series MVP this year, it's a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Hey, there you go. Yeah, fifty thousand like dollar bonus for All Star original ballot, or a Gold Glove, or a Silver Slugger, or a League Championship MVP. Um, and just 25,000 straight up for an all-star selection. So 
And I don't think, uh, I don't think we're paying any of those. Unfortunately for for AJ, he had to get to 350 at bats to get a five hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, and it doesn't look like there. that's happening. No, he, I mean it. He'd have to play every day, and they'd have to go into extras quite a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on uh, to our player of the week. It's back because we've had some full weeks with the with the show. And uh, give us your top three, and then uh, let us know who won. Yeah, so we went with uh, – and, and it was nice to be back for the player of the week. I, I always like that. And it looks like – I'm the only one who voted for my pick now that I'm looking <laughs> look at the numbers. Um, but coming in third, the guy I voted for, Sean Manea, because I trash him so much on the show, yeah. I thought, I'm giving this guy my vote because he really kept the Giants in the game on Saturday. Uh, stellar performance, four and two-third innings pitch, only gave up two hits, didn't walk anybody. Control was there five strikeouts in those four and two thirds innings kind of bridged the gap um, would have gotten the W if, if Duvall didn't, didn't cough it up in the, in the ninth inning, which, you know, you're the way Duvall has pitched this year. You can have a blown save every now and then it happens. That's it happens to every closer. So no big deal. Uh, coming in second, Alex Cobb had a, a nice start the other night, six innings, three hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. Uh, this is against the A's, I believe it was the second game against the A's, um, and he only got 19 percent of the vote. Came in second. The the winner in this week's Player of the Week has been on fire, just absolute fire. Wilmer Flores, 100, 145 WRC plus, 333 average on the week, one home run, three runs, three ribs. Again with the way the giants offense has been going and it only took one home run and three RBI to get you player of the week. Um, but, but nonetheless, Wilmer was, has been key. He had a, a three hit game the other night, just kind of keeps the line moving really good at bat. So congratulations. Wilmer Flores, 76.2% of the vote. Our Thompson to Clark player of the week. Good for Wilmer, man. Yeah. Good for Wilmer. He's that stalwart in the middle of the lineup. Just uh, the the dude, we love to watch him. Love his walk-up song. We're all <laughs> Friends fans. We all watch Friends. So I, I was, uh, I think it was Eric Karros. Is he the Fox color guy? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a, Wilmer comes up to the plate and Eric Karros is just like, yeah, he's just going to pull everything. <laughs> he's pull heavy. <laughs> Like, yeah, he is pull heavy. That's why we he love him. Exactly, man. He, uh, but, but don't make a, mis- a mistake to Wilmer because he's got that power and he'll take you out of the yard too. So, All right, before we get to Brad's drink, because I already mentioned mine as a part of my uh, my crazy day today. Mine's almost uh, gone, man. <laughs> just a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of things that happened during the week when we last talked. Uh, the Giants obviously recalled uh, Luciano or. Recall. I guess they call it recalled, even though he this yeah. is his first time. Because he's on the 40 man, so the they 40 call man. it a recalled. Yeah. So he is now with the big team. Well, we'll talk about him a little bit more in, in a second because I want Brad's thoughts on what he's seen so far. The Giants traded uh, Yovera to Boston for uh, Marcus Johnson, uh, power forward for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> um, not that Marcus Johnson. That Marcus Johnson was a beast. Uh, <laughs> David VR sent back down. 
Uh, Brett Wisely optioned when Brandon Crawford came back. So we got B. Craw back. B. Craw is playing, is playing short today. Uh, Tristan Beck, we already mentioned him. This one hurts. Disco, 15-day injured list, right elbow flexor strain. I never like that term. The right elbow flexor strain no, is, is not, not great. Uh, Isan Diaz, uh, Diaz came up. And uh, John Brebia went from the 15-day to the 60-day, but he's probably close to the end of that 60-day. Uh, and uh, Yastrzemski also went on the 10-day. So uh, I don't imagine Pollock is going to be in uniform today, but uh, Seattle, where is Seattle playing today? Or where were they playing this weekend, I guess? I wonder if, I wonder how, how far he is away from... I thought they played San Diego. No, where were they? Arizona. Okay, so not that far so, away. Not too far. So no. my, maybe he is going to be. I guess they do have to do the whole physical piece of it and, and everything too. Yeah, I, and I don't know if they were in Arizona or in Seattle. So either way, they're either, on, either way, they're, they're, they're close enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two hour flight here or there. Yeah, so he'll, he'll definitely be ready tomorrow. I would imagine. All right, so uh, I don't imagine you're drinking the Terramana like me. But what are you drinking? No, I went. Uh, I wanted a sipper. I wanted something cold. So I went with what you did last week. I did the, the Zevia ginger ale. Yes. And I was going to do the Trader Joe's, uh, but I forgot to bring the bottle in. Uh, I went with the Elijah Craig single oh. barrel because every now and then I like to put a little something good. Uh, that was a gift. Uh, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. And you still uh, have it. And I still no actually I think it was this last Christmas. Okay, but I still have a half a bottle. That's still that's I, that's still impressive. Still I have impressive. so many bottles though, so it's like I try to, I try to sip from each one. Yeah. You know, I I try not to pick one and have that one too much. I like to kind of work it around. Um, and that was I believe forty seven percent, so like ninety four proof. Um. And it's good. Excellent. Uh, it kind of, you know, it kind of takes it up a notch a little bit, which is always kind of fun. You know, the, the, the Zevia with the bourbon, if you can kick it up a notch, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's enjoyable. It's, it's cold awesome. and it's a, it's a sipper. Yeah. I love that drink after, after yeah. you introduced it. I, that's a, it's a go-to for sure. It's good. Good stuff. By the way, those who are loyal listeners will remember when I mentioned that for my birthday, that crystal got me, the uh whiskey subscription or the scotch subscription yeah and so i got my second bottle i was super excited and i opened it and i was like wait this is exactly the same as the first bottle what's going on no way so she reached out to their customer service and she's like hey these are supposed to be different bottles so now i will say if it's the same bottle not that big of a deal because it's like really, really good. But I was yeah. excited to learn more about something different that For I sure. wouldn't normally see, you know, at the Bevmo or whatever. That's so, what a sub service is yeah. about. I mean, you want to try different stuff. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, if I have to return it, so be it. I'll, I'll be fine and I'll be interested to see what comes next. And, you know, like you, I have a bunch of stuff. So it's not like I'm waiting, you know, to I, that I don't have anything uh, while I'm waiting. But if for whatever reason it's just like this pain in the butt, it's a great bottle to keep, and I'll be totally exactly. happy to keep it. So it'll be all yeah. good. All right, let's uh, let's kind of get into the stretch run of this show here. So the Giants, the last time we talked, they played the A's twice, beat the A's twice. 
They played the Red Sox three times, beat the Red Sox twice. Outside of one game, the the second game of the A series in which they won by five runs, every other game was a one-run game. And it just felt like, is every game this, like, do all games go into extra innings? Like, what's going on? Um, Torture is back. And, and you you know, winning these close games against not only the Red Sox, but also the A's could, you know, could, could be helpful because the Giants have a little bit of a rough stretch coming on. Now, the D-backs aren't the D-backs from a couple of months ago. They, they've been right. struggling. Uh, our buddy Shelvin, who who listens to this show, but he also, he's a big, uh, and he, lots of engagement on We Want Winners. You know, he's in he's in Phoenix. And, I, you know, he's probably not, he, he's a much bigger 49er fan than he is a Diamondbacks fan, but he does follow the Diamondbacks. And he was just like, man, who's going to have the worst, worst month giants or the diamondbacks and then the giants have won a few games so they've turned it around but the diamondbacks have not now i don't want them to because (laughs) we see them for four games so monday night tuesday night wednesday night thursday afternoon and then the giants get a little bit of a reprieve with the a's but it is in oakland and you know there's a fervor around oakland because of the team and the fan base is fired up for home games and you know they want to let the the city know that they're they're not a fan of uh or not not even the city because they're okay with the city they're just not okay with the franchise so uh the, the, they'll play the ace twice and then they go into anaheim and, and uh, you, you get the shohei angels so uh that's not the worst of the stretch the the worst of the stretch is is coming like this the rest mm-hmm. of this month the rest of August, we're not even in August yet. It's uh, all of August is like death month. The only team that the Giants play that I would consider to be not good is uh, the A's. Like I'm, the Angels aren't world beaters, but they they're a solid team. The Rangers, the Rays, the Braves, eh, the Phillies are you know the Phillies are the Phillies, but you know they still have talent. Uh, and the they're Braves still, again. They're, they're fighting for a spot, though. Yeah, the Phillies, so, they're not. They're know, not. They're, they're not the. You know, actually, they, they were kind of not the the butt kicker last year, and they still made it all the way to the World Series. So yeah. Uh, and then the Braves again, and then the Reds, who the Giants struggled against recently. So this is really a hard month. You know, this is one of those months where you're like, man, if we could go 500, I'm kind of okay with it. And 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 you're still in the mix, more than likely. You know, the Giants are currently. Um, 10 games over, like we said, and they are one game ahead of Miami and Milwaukee, one and a half games ahead of Philly, two games ahead of Arizona, and then the Cubs and, and the Padres are, are a little bit behind. But there's five teams, you know, within two games of the wild card of, of three spots. So this thing is going to go probably until the end of the season. Uh, if yeah. the Giants do not catch the Dodgers, which not that it's, the Dodgers aren't playing great baseball right now either. So it's not like the Dodgers are out there and and running away with this thing. No, not at all. The giants are right there with the Dodgers. But I think most people probably expect the Dodgers to make a move to, to kind of run, run away a little bit more, but you know, if they don't, their giants are going to be fighting them. But if they don't win the division, the wild card might even be more competitive. So if I'm the Giants, I just try and win that division. But who knows? We'll see what happens. But yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not we, gonna be a great month for for easy wins, I would say. Yeah, we had to to deal with the Dodgers a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Uh if the Giants can avoid that in the first round, that would be nice. I instead of a, a three out of five, it'd be nice to to 
faced them in the National League Championship Series four out of seven. Um, just kind of a, a nicer scenario for the Giants. Um, I mean, the, the moves that the Dodgers have made so far have been, you know, kind of small. You got Lance Lynn, you get Ahmad Rosario. Um, turns out the Giants were in on both of those uh, guys. Um, and, and they're not making any uh, bank-breaking moves, and that's probably because they're looking at Shohei. I mean, yeah. they're, they're trying to, they're, you know, they cleared a lot of uh, a, a lot of financial things. They didn't re-sign Justin Turner. They didn't re-sign Trey Turner. Um, you know, Lance Lynn doesn't scare you. No, no, no. The, the, the Giants tapped him around <laughs> when they faced him earlier in the year. Ahmad Rosario doesn't scare me either. His defense should scare the Dodger fans. It's awful. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's there's just so many things to look at across the board here that the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are making the same moves that the Giants have made so far with A.J. Pollock in terms of like, well, we need this filled in yeah. and we need this filled in and color in that area and color in that area. So that that's kind of what both teams are doing. Um, the Diamondbacks made a move for Paul Seawald today, the, the closer from Seattle. Um, and so now they actually have a true closer. Um, and, and again, the Padres haven't done anything yet, but they could stand pat and still – go on a run they won five in a row they swept the rangers like we said earlier so i mean it's it, this national league west is is really really tight and 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 the next you know less than 24 hours are going to be a little bit crazy to see if does does anybody kind of take a a jump up on paper um you know looking at the giant schedule like you were just talking about i love i mean this is going to be fun August 11th, 12th and 13th with Bochi and the Rangers coming into town. Um, that, that, that's going to be a blast. I, I I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, Bochi getting welcomed back. Um, and that's again, another measuring stick for the giants. Where are they? Uh, the Padres just swept them. Can we do the same? Can, can they come into San Francisco and we can beat them up, but they're gathering arms, man. They got Max Scherzer. Um, who else do they get? Jordan Montgomery, right, from the mm. Cardinals. So they're just kind of loading up on arms. Um, so that'll be interesting. They'll, they'll have a pretty decent pitching staff by the time they come in. All right, let's talk about the player who, over the last few years, was the top prospect for the Giants. Got displaced by Kyle, uh, Kyle Harrison. Marco Luciano, he's been with the club for a week now. Uh, no, actually, not even a week. And his first A.B. comes up, first, first pitch fastball, 99 miles an hour. He's hacking. Hits a laser out to right field that gets caught. Just didn't hit it high enough or else it would have hit off of that big wall in right field. Yeah. I will say there is a joy that he has. Even more so than Matos. Like Matos, I don't I don't like Matos is a little bit more like kind of calm. But like Luciano cannot just not smile. Like he's like his natural <laughs> composition is just smiling. And so it's awesome to see somebody who's just like enjoying himself so much. And then you realize like, gosh, dude's only 21 years old. It's kind of crazy. And, and Matos is like, yeah, 
you know, we're, we're he, I forget what he said. Like, like he's like two years, two months older than him or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just so cool to see. I, I do worry a little bit though, because like today he's not in the lineup. He's used to playing every day. I, I imagine he'll get an AB because there will be a left-handed pitcher who comes in and he'll, he'll hit. Uh, but what do you think about him so far? And also, they're a little rookie heavy, right? Like usually you're adding vets, but some of their better, like Patrick Bailey, like he's one of their three or four best regular day players, even if he's not hot at, at the plate. He's just so good defensively. Does this worry you when it comes to trying to catch the Dodgers? Or maybe these guys are like, we have no idea what it's like to go into LA. Like we're 21. Who gives a crap? Like what, yeah. what is this legend and this lore of, you know, playing the Dodgers? Like, what do you think about that whole thing? Well, I mean, <clears throat> that, that could be part of where the AJ Pollock move came from. You you get a 15 year vet in, in AJ Pollock. No, 15, but more like 11, I think 11 years, um, an 11 year vet in AJ Pollock. And then, and then, you know, rumor is the giants are looking at Tommy Edmond today. That's been fun. Oh, that was one that we threw out there the other day. Yeah. So Tommy Edmond is a possibility too. That's another guy who's been around for a little while. Um, I like it. It, it, it is, it is a little bit nerve wracking to have, when you get to that part of the lineup and you're looking at four or five rookies in yeah. a row, you know, especially when Sable's in there and you're like, man, we go through this, but we've seen it. We've seen sparks and flashes from these guys. It, it doesn't seem like any of these rookies that are up right now are phased. Um, Luciano has a couple of hits. He does have five strikeouts in, in 11 at bat so far this season. Um, that's not ideal. He's got to really cut that down. Um, one of the at bats, you know, though, the other day I was watching kind of got screwed on a, on a couple of, of curve balls that were called strikes that were like, a I don't know, four or five inches off the plate. Um, but, but I'm excited. I I'd like, the excitement that he shows. I like when a rookie can come up like this and show that, Hey man, I'm not afraid. Like you said to you go into Dodger stadium and go, I'll take this on. I don't care. This is why I'm here. I'm here yeah. to play baseball, play baseball all my life. And, and like we said, we've talked about it all the time. Feels like he's been in the organization for years and we can talk. Yeah. He's been in the organization for six years. He's, <laughs> he's like years 16, old. 15 years yeah. old. Yeah. So we started talking about him in, in 2017. I mean, yeah, that's how long, that's you know, three years before the pandemic, you know, the BP before pandemic. Um, so, so when we look at a guy like that, come up now we go, well, he's been around for a while. He's been playing baseball for a while. He is going to have his struggles. Bailey's going to have his struggles. Schmidt has gone through the struggles, but he's starting to hit the ball again. Um, so it, it's exciting. I, I, I love the fact that we finally get one of our top two prospects up when Kyle Harrison comes up. It's kind of kind of going to feel a little like complete. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, all these guys we've been talking about for the past at least three years are finally here, can contribute, they're going to get a lot of really important games under their belt going uh, over the next couple of months. Then when you go into 2024 and a lot of these guys are in your starting lineup from day one, that's going to feel like the new generation is here. 
we are ready to go. Let's see what they can do with a full season. Um, I like the move. I wasn't crazy about it when I first heard the next morning. I think I texted you when, when I saw it. And I was like, this smells like desperation. Like we are not hitting the ball right now. <laughs> so to bring Luciano up, it just kind of feels a little bit like desperation. But when you see that first at bat and that uh, that pop off the of, of the bat that he has, the confidence he has playing shortstop, he's not afraid. He attacks the ball out there. Uh, it's great. I, I mean, it's really fun to watch. And if you can get an infield where you've got Crawford and Schmidt, and then you can mix it up with Luciano and Schmidt. Um, that's good. That's good for what the team does in terms of the pitching philosophy of, of ground balls. Um, and, and, and that's why this team is 10 games over 500 because they seems to be kind of making the right moves. Now, now looking at that being 10 games over 500, all that being said, do you look back at the 107 win season now and say, okay, not so much a fluke, not that this is a 107-win team, but that same type of team that we had two years ago, now we have a team where we're 10 games over 500. And I, and I know it's July 31st uh, as we're re- recording this. We're going into August 1st tomorrow. But looking at that, do you say, okay, I, I get Kapler. I, I get the moves. I get the platoons, and I get what Farhan is doing, and it seems to actually work better than I – than I thought with a fluke 107 win season. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. But here's here's my question. Let's say the Giants. Now this didn't happen, but let's say the Giants signed Aaron Judge last year, and they added another big bat. Do you think Zay, uh, Zaidi and Kapler would just have to fudge with the lineup? Like, would they, like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Aaron Judge, ah, gosh, you know, these last two weeks, he's only hitting, you know, 247 against righty. Eh, we'll, we'll give him a day off and just set him up against the left. Like, <laughs> I just can't. wonder, you can't. I just wonder, like, <laughs> if some of this is like, it's just because of the, the process. They have a process, they have an operation and yep. how they do things. And sometimes, you know, does it have to be so much like clockwork? Can we, can we, put a little bit of like feel into this thing, but like you said, it's working. And, and so, you know, you also have to have players who are okay. Like I saw Ross stripling He's like, yeah, I would like to start, but I can't argue with the results. So I kind of have to accept what's going on. And he actually pitched very well the other day too. So good for him. Cause we've yeah. been waiting for him to throw well. And if you, you know, you mentioned Manea. I felt the same way. Like I, we were joking in Texas. I was like, "Oh, we have the opener and the closer, and now here's the opener ruiner, Sean Manea." But nope. Then he <laughs> throws like what four innings or almost four innings or whatever. Did does a really good job. Then stripling the next day. So this opener thing, you know, I'm sure some casual fans are like, "What the hell is this?" I want to see the guy go seven innings, but it's been working for them and they've been able to make it work even with someone like disco being out, even with Alex Wood not being Alex Wood. So you kind of have to use him as this kind of innings eater, this bulk reliever kind of guy. And they really only have two starters. So right. There's also this idea that maybe they could add another starter. So they don't have to use this bullpen thing, this opener thing so much. You can save it a little bit, uh, but, they're, they've been able to make it work. Maybe Kyle Harrison is ready to come up 
at some time in the near future, and they do have three starters, but uh, you know, you cannot argue with the results so far. The only thing you can argue with is just can we find a couple of guys who are going to be here for a little while? Uh, and you know, that's the only thing that we had talked about early in seasons like, yeah, Conforto's great, but we know that if he doesn't play well, then we're going to have him next year. And if he does play well, yeah. then we're not going to have him. So, and he's actually kind of playing average. So we'll see what happens there as far as what, what they want to do or what he wants to do. But yeah, it's all, you up know, to him, man. it just, you, you know, the show Shohei becomes the, the big conversation and he becomes the game changer, not just because he's Shohei, but because all of a sudden people go, Oh, we want to go play with that guy. That that would even be the the icing on the cake. But you know that that that's uh, something that you know we have months and months and months to talk about. So uh, yeah. giant- philosophies would have to f- completely change. That that's the only thing that I look at. Like look at Carlos Correa is hitting two twenty eight with twelve home runs this year. As a Giants fan, we would be we're so used to Kapler now at this point, we'd say, why is he being run out there? But, but then if you're paying the guy for 10 years, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, this is your big money contract guy. You have to run him out there and the giants just aren't that. So I think by the time now we get to August, we're going to do the same thing next year. I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you in this offseason. We're going to we gave that guy a 2-year deal with an opt out after one. Who's going to who who's going to buy his jersey? What yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. But then you're going to get to August 1st and you're going to say, "Oh, Conforto, man. Conforto's coming up with the bases loaded. He could jack one out, no problem." You you don't care. You're you just want to win ball games. You don't care how you do it or with who you do it. Whom? I don't know. Who? Whom? Um, either way, you don't care. You just want to see the Giants win ball games and get to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we're kind of learning that lesson as we go along here. And it helps when you have a Matos and a Luciano yeah. on the big club because then you go, okay, those guys are going to be here for you know for a little while now. You know, I hope they don't have to trade either of them, but that there no. is that possibility. But you know, you go back to the Conforto thing and, and it sucks because Conforto's the guy going to be forever. The, the example for us of, of a guy with the opt out, yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. like, it's going to yeah. be Michael Conforto contract <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Uh, much. Do you think now I, I was looking at the giants coaching roster. Do you know, they have three, they've technically have three hitting coaches. They have like a yes. hitting coach, uh, assistant hitting coach and like a director of hitting. Yeah. If all three of those gentlemen went up to Casey Schmidt and they were like, hey, uh, this pitcher, first pitch is going to be a fastball. It's going to be around your eyeballs. Just take it. Like, Even if it's a strike, we're fine. Just take this pitch because then you're going to be ahead in the count. And Casey's like, all right, got this, coach. And he's going to have to swing because that's just who Casey yeah, Schmidt is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine <laughs> being the hitting coach for someone who's so young and who just is so chase-worthy like, uh, like Casey, Casey Schmidt. And I, I love Casey Schmidt. I hope oh, yeah, that yeah. He, he becomes a hitter because he's got the – you know, he's, he, he kind of reminds me of, like, guys that you played against in high school where you were like, man – that guy's just too good. Like, why is he even out here? Like he just has that look about him and he's such a great arm. I just hope he hits a little bit because I want him to turn into 
something. But it just made me, it just makes me laugh when I watch him hit. And I'm just like, <laughs> Casey, I'm I, like, I'm talking to him, Casey. How about let's just take one? Yeah. <laughs> let's take yeah. one, get ahead in the account, in the count, and maybe they'll have to throw you a fast load. Nope. Yeah. The, yeah, this guy's struggling with control. He's been struggling with control for the last four hitters. You're hitter number five. He's not all of a sudden going to throw three strikes in a row. <laughs> Give it a little bit of a break. Uh, to his credit, though, he did hold up on two pitches in key situations yesterday, and the umpire rung him up on both. Yeah. And it was absolutely brutal. It's because that's his go. reputation. It was like, eh. Yeah, well, he's he's going to swing at the next one anyways. So yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be back next week on this show, but Tuesday, 4 p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern, Bleacher Report app. Go into the app, search. Uh, uh, if, you, if you have the Giants as one of your favorite teams, I think you, you should see us, but we will link to it if we get the link before we start the live stream on social media. We'll send that on our Twitter uh, check us out, Bleach Report. We're going to give some love to this show, and hopefully more people uh, can see what we do, including that guy Ricky and Bleach Report. Who yeah, is, Ricky. He was he was getting mad at us because I kept screwing up the Luciano. I kept calling him Luciano, and he's like, doesn't even know how to pronounce it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just we've been calling him Lucky Luciano for four years. Yeah, he's man. it's Luciano, Luciano. So yeah, uh, hey, so, yeah. But we love Ricky. Yeah, we, we love. You Ricky. know what? The the whole fun thing about Bleacher Report too, which is kind of cool, uh, kind of throw. It's a little bit of a throwback to the old uh, radio days when we used to, uh, you know, host the show uh, back at KSJS. And the and the listeners would take us on journeys, like mm-hmm. they would tell us what they want to talk about, which was a blast. I mean, that was always super fun. So so that that's kind of fun to get back to them. Yeah, so check us out if you can, and if not, we'll see if we can uh, actually throw that on YouTube uh, like we did last time. So a lot of fun. Check us out. We'll see you next week. For Brad, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.